Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we approach your word with a sense of awe. We approach it with a sense of reverence. Thank you for the word and the Holy Ghost. We ask today that you would give us utterance. We agree together as touching this thing. And we are asking, sir, to speak to our hearts. May the entrance of your word giveth light. We pray just what is right for this time and for this specific service. We give you praise for it. And we agree together on this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Aren't you glad our musicians do a good job? All right. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm going to title this message, Good Days. Good Days. Look at with me in Psalms, if you would. And notice with me in verse 34 and verses 12 through 14. We're going to un- unpack this this morning. In Psalms 34 and verse 12, it says, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? It's one thing to live many days and not see good. And it's another thing to live many days and see good. How many volunteers have we got here today for the good life and good days? Even as Deuteronomy says it, days of heaven upon the earth, not only for you, but also for your children. Amen. Good days, good life is the will of our good father. Amen. Every good gift cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is good and he gives good gifts to his kids. Now, good life can be available, but good life is something that must be desired by us and tapped into it with our faith. He that desireth, what is man that desireth life and loves many days that he may see good? You could think of several scripture, of course. I've come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. In Ephesians, the second chapter, the 10th verse, and I do want to look at that verse out of the Amplified. In Ephesians 2.10, talks about, you know, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk therein. But now notice this with me. For, for us, taking paths which he has prepared ahead of time. Is it possible to miss the path? Well, we don't want to miss the path. Because the path he's got is a good path. Amen. And then he goes on to say that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he has prearranged and made ready for us to live. And so there are some things that he's made ready for you. There are some paths that he wants you to walk in. How many folks say, I want to walk in his paths. I want to walk in his ways. 
So we see in Psalm 34, verse 12 again, what is man that desireth life? Amen. That he may, then loves many days that he may see good. Now notice with me in verse 13. Here is a major key to walking in the things that he's made ready for you. Here is a major key, not the only key, but a major key for living in and walking in long life and good days. In verse 13, it says, keep thy tongue from evil and that thy lips speak no guile. So if we want to see good, we must speak good. And God's word is always good. We've been training you all month long to speak God's word and to acknowledge the good things which are in you, which are in Christ Jesus. How many of you have been speaking the word all month long? Oh, hallelujah. I encourage you to continue to do it for the rest of your life. So as we speak good, we will see good. As we speak bad or evil, we will see bad. Now, many of you were bad boys and bad girls before you came into the kingdom. And as a result, you reaped what you sowed. But aren't you glad the blood of Jesus was shed and now he's given you a brand new life so that the bad can be removed and the good can come in. Now in Romans 12, 21, it says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, is there evil to be overcome? And so if we do not want to be overcome with evil, we want to make sure that we're not speaking evil or speaking words that coincide with bad things happening in our life. How can I do that? Be not overcome with evil, but here's what you can do. Overcome evil with what? overcome evil with good God's word God's word which are good words amen now keep thy tongue from evil this is my responsibility and this is your responsibility evil words are corrupt words now stick with me Look at Ephesians 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Says this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. I can't control what comes out of your mouth, but I sure can control what comes out of my mouth. And so he said, don't let any corrupt or foul or polluting language ever come out of your mouth. But only that which is good to the building up or the edifying of those that hear it. Is that what the set word says? But that which is good to the use of building up that it may minister what? Grace to the hearers. Is it important 
Are the words we speak about one another important? If your words are not kind, if your words are not gracious, if your words are not loving, it would be better to just keep your mouth shut. Minister grace. I mean, how would this do, Raul, if I said, Raul, that's an ugly shirt you got on? Huh? Or I don't like those shoes. How would it do a person? Is that ministering grace? Now, other people are not the only ones that hear your words. You hear your words. Therefore, you should never speak words that are corrupt or foul or evil about yourself. Well, I'm just no good. I just never, never could do this. I never could do that. That is foul, that is corrupt, and that is polluting. Let's put it this way. Crooked, rotten, or foul. Contaminated or poisonous. Have you ever been around someone with a foul mouth? How about this? You ever been uh, to dinner? You and your wife just out celebrating maybe your anniversary or out celebrating just life in general. And two or three booths down, every other word is cursing. Every other word is cussing. What does that do for your dinner? It spoils it. It contaminates it. And if you're smart, you'll ask for a table on the other side of the restaurant. Come on, somebody. Many of you, before you were born again, had a foul mouth. But now that you got filled with the Holy Ghost, He can make your words sweet. And yet, did you know there's a lot of foul-mouthed Christians around? Oh, no, I'm not talking about them using the Lord's name in vain. I'm not talking about them using vulgar and foul language. But I'll just tell you right now, to me and for me, doubt is foul language. To me and for me, fear is foul language. Being critical and judgmental about anyone. It's out of bounds and it's foul language. Demeaning one another and demeaning oneself is foul language. And I think that what we need to do is get out the soap of the Word of God. Take the labor of the word and apply his cleansing blood and his cleansing power to the words of our mouth. Hallelujah. I I can sense this in my spirit right now. I'm just going to say it, but I'm not going to say too much about it. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I still cuss and I'm a Christian. Well, you know what? God can clean your mouth up. 
We're not here to condemn you. We're not here to put you down. So I said, well, you know what? I, I just can't seem to help it. That's why he's given you a helper. I'm going to say that again. I just can't seem to help it. That's why he's given us a helper. Help me, Lord, not say that. Help me, Lord, not to release that with my words. Yeah, but they deserve it. No, no one deserves foul-mouthed Christians. Now, if some of you would stop watching so much of that junk on television, that would be a major key in for you bringing your mouth in line. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, the Bible says no man can tame the tongue. We're not relying on man to tame our tongues. We're relying on the greater one on the inside. We're relying on the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what else will help. This helped me tremendously. Because you know my testimony. I came pretty hardcore out of the world. And I didn't just clean up overnight. God cleaned me up on the inside. But how many of you know the work of salvation needs to be worked out? And sometimes with some of us it takes a process of time. So I said things and I did things even as a born again Christian that would be out of bounds. But you know, thank God for the mercy of God. But not only that, thank God for the help of the Holy Ghost. Now I submit to you this morning, if you've not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues, you are missing one of the greatest blessings next to being born again that you will ever experience. Somebody says, why is that? Because praying in the Spirit and speaking in other tongues in your devotional life will make you more conscious of Him who lives on the inside of you. Amen. 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 And when you become more conscious of him and you're more conscious of his presence when the squeeze comes on in your life to try to squeeze you into frustration and releasing words that are filled with doubt hallelujah the greater one on the inside will rise up and instead of poison coming out of your mouth blessing will come out of your mouth amen so a couple weeks after i was born again i got filled with the holy ghost I mean, I didn't waste any time. I was one of those Christians who I just wanted everything God had for me. I was like that in the world. I wanted everything the world had for me. And I had just about everything the world had for me plus some. And it nearly killed me. But now I want everything God wants for me. And God's blessing doesn't kill you. God's blessing gives you life. Hallelujah. Somebody says, well, this is a spirit-filled church. I thought everyone was spirit-filled. You have to qualify what spirit-filled means. A person, we're going in a completely different direction. This is good for you. Spirit-filled? Spirit-filled means not only getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues at the altar, but it means continuously staying full of the Spirit every day of your life. Well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost 30 years ago. 
and yet I'm still doing this and still doing that. I submit to you, when you did that and you did this, you weren't spirit-filled at that time. You have not been cultivating the spirit-filled experience. Hmm. Just a thought. Here's what the psalmist, or the, uh, Paul said to the church at Ephesus. He said, but be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing to your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I submit to you, the more filled with the Spirit you are, the less you will yield to the Spirit of this world. And the more Spirit-filled you are, the more you'll be able then to submit yourself to faith-filled words. Don't be a foul-mouthed Christian. Look at, look at over at uh, Numbers chapter uh, 13. Numbers 13. Numbers the 13th chapter. This is the story of where God spoke to the children of Israel. And he said, I have given you the land. In verse uh, 1. And said, the Lord said to Moses saying, verse 2. Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. Which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man. Every one a ruler among them. I want you to pay particular attention to this phrase. Which I give unto the children of Israel. So we could say this. That the promised land was a gift for them to receive. Okay. Now drop down to verse 17. In verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And said unto them. Get you up this way southward. And go up into the mountain. And see the land what it is. And if the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few are many. How many of you know that God already knew what the score was? God already knew that there were giants in the land. God already knew that they were strong. This, my brothers and sisters, was them being tested. Not tested with evil, but tested with their obedience of their faith. Because God said, I've already given it to you. And then he says, now go out and spy out the land. In other words, we're going to find out who believes God and who doesn't believe God. We're going to find out who gets in and who ain't going to get in. How many of you are of the tribe that you're getting in? How many of you want to get in and stay in? And so they're out there, 12 of them. And they're spying out the land. Now notice in verse uh, 20. And see what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And then he gives them a clue. He says, and be ye of what? And be ye of a good courage. Just because God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, just because he has given you the promised land, does not mean you do not have to go in and possess it. And it does not mean that you have to, or it does mean that you have to be courageous in taking the land. I have a t-shirt. I think it turns some of the muscle men off at the workout place. 
Because here comes this 66-year-old guy full of sweat, you know. And I'm lifting five pounds. And, and I've got on my T-shirt, courageous. And they're looking at me, yeah, right. And I'm thinking, you don't know how courageous I am. You have no clue. You have no idea of who's living on the inside of this courageous guy. You must not ever judge a book by its cover. It may have gray head, but inside he's got dark jet black hair. Hallelujah. Whatever color you want. Be a good courage. I say by the word of the Lord to you this morning, to some of you and many of you, God's already told you what to do. Now be of good courage and go get it. Go possess it. Don't wait for perfect conditions before you step out. If you wait for perfect conditions before you step out, the devil will see to it that there's never a perfect condition around. Just a thought. Be of good courage. And bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first fruits of the grape. So they went up and searched out the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rahab as unto Men to Hamath. And they came unto the brook of Eschol and cut down from thence a branch from one cluster of grapes. And they bare it between two upon a staff and they brought of the pomegranates and the figs. The place was called the brook of Eschol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching the land how many days? How many days was Jesus in the wilderness? They were out there for 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And they brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation. And they showed them the fruit of the land. And here's what they told them. Verse 27. We came into the land, whether you sent us, and surely it's a land that flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless. Look at that first word. Everyone say nevertheless. nevertheless. Now the word nevertheless, this is a deep revelation for you. The word nevertheless means however. The word nevertheless means but. How many of you know you got to get the neverthelesses and the howevers and other things out of the way if you're going to go and possess what God's got for you? Now how this translates to us today is, yes, the word of God says, by his stripes I am healed. However, however, this is what the doctors say. Now, there's nothing wrong with finding out what the doctors say, but when you take priority over what the doctor, when you take priority of what the doctors say over what God say, you're in trouble. So, yeah, by his stripes I'm healed. However, this is what the report is. Here's another win. You know, my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. However, the bills just keep stacking up. 
However, but, nevertheless. You see, what that is, is that's double talk. When faith talks, faith talks faith. It doesn't talk the circumstance. When faith talks, faith doesn't have a double confession. Well, yeah, I know the word says this, but... Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody says, you just read my mail. No, I didn't read your mail. The Holy Ghost read your mail. And the reason why God's been able to use me in that is because I've had several neverthelesses in my life. I've had several howevers. I've had several situations where I was kind of like that double-minded man unstable in all my ways now God has corrected me on that over the years and he has enabled me to he has put a watch over the words of my mouth listen you got to be very careful about these nevertheless words because fear filled words will rob you of a good life doubt filled words will rob you of these days of heaven upon the earth. Speaking from the position of your flesh will never produce spiritual results. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. I say to you today, Stop speaking from this body and start speaking from his word and his word will change what's going on in your body and what's going on in your finances and whatever the case may be. Nevertheless, you know, we're believing God for revival in the Bay Area. I'm saying we're in revival. I'm not waiting for revival. I'm in revival myself. And you are in revival if you want to be. Oh, yes, there's a, there's a mighty move of God coming. We believe it. We believe it. But nevertheless, you know, we're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, big stinking deal. The Bay Area ain't bigger than my big God. Now, I thought I'd get a little bit of better amen than that. Pastors all over the world. They will tell and say and proclaim excuses why God's not able to do what he said he'd do. We must remove the neverthelesses and get over here into the land of promise and speak from the realm of the spirit and not the realm of our flesh. So does that mean if I do that, I'll never have any more problems? No. Problems may increase. Trouble may increase. Hallelujah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. Does that mean weapons will not be formed against me? What it means is they won't prosper. Instead of talking about all the terrorism and all the trouble in the world, let's talk about the protection. Let's talk about the grace of God. Let's talk about how our boys are going to go in and do ISIS in. 
Somebody says, well, I, I don't like you talking about that in church. Well, I'm sorry, can't help it. <laughs> Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And my goodness, the children of Anak are there. Not only that, but the Amalekites are over there. And they dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Termites. <laughs> They're dwelling in the mountains and the, oh my goodness, the Canaanites. The Canaanites are there. Hmm. Okay. They dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Here's what Caleb did. Caleb had another spirit. Say it with me. Caleb had the spirit of faith. And Caleb could see that this was going south real quick. And Caleb said, boys, shut up. Be quiet. He stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I've discovered this. If you wait too long to do what God instructed you to do, many times it'll never get done. If we are going to obey, we must do so quickly and quietly. Let's go up at once. God said it. And unless he gives me a check on the timing of it, I'm going to do it. Because if you don't do it at once, the devil's right there to talk you out of it. And present all of the reasonings. All of the reasons why you shouldn't. And and why you can't. I mean, after all, let's just... He wants to reason with you. Now think about this for a minute. If you do that, then what about this? Mm. Have you ever noticed the devil is the author of the what about scenarios? If you be willing... To go up at once and possess the land. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land and you will see good days. Has anyone ever put off something that the Lord put in them to do? I'll raise both my hands. No, I don't mind hanging my dirty laundry out in front of you because it ain't dirty no more. You know what I'm saying? But I think if we're honest about it, all of us have done that. And there's a price to pay. Somewhere, somehow, along the way, there's a price for disobedience. Somebody says, that's negative. It's true. You flip that over, there is a reward for obedience. Ha, 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 ha. I said there's a reward 
for obedience. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's what? He's a rewarder of them that do what? So when you've diligently sought him and he showed you what to do to go up at once, don't put off till tomorrow what God is anointing you to do today. And that's, this is a huge pot, folks. Because this not only has to do with the call of God on our lives, but this also has to do with the call of God upon people coming out of darkness into the kingdom. There are many people that have said, oh, tomorrow I may get saved. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. For some people, tomorrow never comes. And that's why he said in Corinthians He said that now is the day of salvation. If you're here today and you're not saved, don't put off till Monday what you can do this morning. You believe in God with me, right? Hallelujah. Mm, Pastore, pray a minute. Neshele prafayene, amalakosa fredishte la barra nayene. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Ha ha! Don't miss the door. Don't miss the season of your opportunity. For divine appointments and divine opportunities are all around my people, saith the Lord. But living in the flesh and living according to what you see will always rob thee of your appointments. Pastor, how how can I not miss that appointment? Pray that the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light. Pray that, just pray this right now with me, Lord. Lord, I pray pray. that you would give me eyes to see. I pray that you would give me wisdom and understanding and a discerning heart concerning your divine opportunities and your divine appointments. I declare this day that I'll no longer live my life to satisfy the lusts of my flesh. No more flesh living for me but only living in the realm of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I believe that I receive eyes to see, ears to hear. I will move forward in life on the right path and on the good path without fear and without doubt, for the Lord is on my side. I receive it. I receive it. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, no more neverthelesses for you and me. Amen. Pizza for everybody. (laughs) 
That's all right. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess the land, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. Stay focused. Listen very carefully. As long as they believed that and said that, they were not able. Dad Hagen used to say this, did you wear your shouting clothes? Did you bring your dancing boots to church? Well, I've got a verse for you that will cause your heart to get happy. They said they were not able, therefore they were not able. But God has said that you are able. I said, God said that you're able. You are able. You are able. We are able. Somebody says, I wish I knew that verse. Oh, let me give it to you. All right. Let me give it to you. Colossians 1.12. You look it up later. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us able. That word meet there is an old English word for able. He is, whoo, he has made you Able. To do what, pastor? To be a partaker of the promised land. (laughs) To be a partaker of this glorious inheritance of the saints in light. Ten out of the twelve brought back an evil report. They said they weren't able and they never went in. But oh, two out of the ten. Caleb and Joshua and their kinfolk they said you know what we're able and not only I don't care if it takes 40 years give me this mountain because the ability of God is on the inside of me well I don't know if I'm able to do that job or not if you say so well I don't know whether I'm able to be a good parent or not if you say so What are you saying? What are you believing? Say it with me. I'm well able. Hallelujah. Verse 32 and verse 33 says this. And they brought up what kind of a report? Evidently it's something they had on the inside of them because they brought it up. They brought an evil report up. Remember our text. Let him let speak no evil. Doubt is evil. Doubt is foul. Doubt is profane. Doubt will keep a person out. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, here's what they said, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. We're just going to get devoured. And all the people that we saw it in it are men of great stature. Read verse 33 with me. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. 
It was so very real to them that they couldn't do it and that they weren't able that the devil painted a picture of them being a bug. You know what happens to bugs? When bugs show up at the Thomas household, bugs get smashed. God didn't see them as grasshoppers. God saw them as world overcomers, land possessors, living a good life. But they were so moved by what they saw that it diminished the image of God on the inside of them. Listen to this. Walking by sight will always give place to an evil report. An evil report is the opposite of a good report. And God's word is always a good report. So what are we going to do, those of us that are able? i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to side in with God's good report, and I'm going to see good. I wrote this in my notes a couple days ago. Listen to this very carefully. They had the choice, and you have the choice. They sided in with what they saw, not with what God said. So I encourage you to side in with what God has said rather than what you see. And you'll be able to possess the land and eat the good of the land. Isaiah 53 says this in verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord speaks of the strength and the might of the Lord The answer to this question is this. Is the arm of the Lord is always revealed to those who will believe and speak the report of the Lord. So become very filled with the word of God. And believe it and speak it. And the arm of the Lord will be revealed. And you will see good days. And you will enjoy long life in your life. Amen. Stand up everybody. Stand up, everybody. And I want you to put Ephesians 3.20 on the screen. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now unto him, that's what? Well, how many of you know God's able? He's omnipotent, amen? He's all-powerful. Now unto him that, that is able to do, to do what? How many candidates do we have for the exceeding, the abundantly, out beyond that you can even think? Amen. We know God is able, but we also found out we're able. And notice the rest of the verse. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask to go think, according to the power or the ability... Get his ability working in you. Get his power working in you. Raise your right hand toward heaven and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord. I declare that my mouth is filled with the goodness of the Lord. Lord, set a watch over the words of my mouth. Make me very aware of the neverthelesses 
I plead the blood and I apply the blood of Jesus over all foul mouth, over all doubt, over all fear, and over all reasoning that I've done in the past. Today, at 1229, on this Memorial Weekend, marks the dawn of a new beginning. I declare, I will speak the language of redemption. Thank God I've been redeemed. I'm no longer under the curse. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. As Pastor Tom comes to the piano, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Please stay in an attitude of prayer just for a moment. We'll be dismissed in just a few moments. You're here this morning and perhaps you fall into the category of, you know what, I've I've put salvation off and I've come to the realization that I shouldn't do that, but today is my day. Today is my day of deliverance. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've kind of let some things slip and you've sort of gotten away from the Lord. It's not that you're not saved, but it's just like your life has just been so messed up and so many things going on that it just seems like everything is flesh and everything is weighing you down. I've got the answer for you. You know what it is? It's a live, real life relationship with Jesus. It's coming to Him.